Many of, us, many of us in the UU community tend to ask big questions of our religious explorations and practices. To add, the UU tradition is characterized by a commitment to curiosity, open-mindedness, and a search for truth and meaning. UUs often engage in profound and thought-provoking discussions about life's big questions and philosophical inquiries and ethical considerations. Asking big questions is one of the biggest attractions for me that drew me to this way of life. And also I should mention the food is pretty good too. As most of you know, I love asking big, big questions about anything in my life. So I would ask questions like, how do we find meaning and purpose in our lives? How do we promote justice, equity, and compassion in the world? What happens after we die? And what are the various religious beliefs about afterlife? How can we create a more inclusive and accepting community that honors the worth and dignity of all individuals and et cetera? So, there's one area in my life that I intentionally avoided asking any of these big questions. And I bet you guessed. It was the topic of death and dying. Like most, I make every effort to avoid talking about it in any of the associated words and experiences such as dying, grieving, sorrow, mourning, loss. You see, I was avoiding these big questions and areas because I was too scared. I was afraid that if I start talking about death, maybe I might make it happen faster. Or that if I just simply avoid it, maybe I'll just delay it. Maybe I can buy me some time. I was doing everything possible to stay off of death's radar. <laughs> well, I quickly learned that both talking about it and avoiding it doesn't move me up any down, any less, or take me off of death's radar. So I started to just slowly welcome this topic of death and dying into my consciousness. It was back in 2014, at the age of 50, when things started to shift. It's where I decided to increase my tolerance and face the topic of death and my own mortality. And so, as a result of being comfortable with the challenging topic, I decided to put both feet in and become a hospice volunteer. This training has dramatically shifted my attitude about death and dying and grief. And so when folks hear about my role as a hospice volunteer, their responses vary. Oh, I could never do that. Or, wow, it really takes a special person to do that. Or, I could never really deal with the messiness and the whole death stuff. While I was appreciative of the compliments and the comments, I realized that I, too, once said all those things. But each time that I hear folks say something along the lines of, I could never be around or deal with death or grief, and I want to say, why not? But if you love someone, eventually you will. And I remembered that each person deals with death and grief in their own unique ways, just as I do. I totally get it. Death and grief makes people feel uneasy. Since becoming a hospice volunteer, I wanted more. 
<laughs> I completed another training with UVM, University of Vermont, on, as a death doula. These powerful trainings not only supported my need to be in right relations with grief, they also provided an abundance of helpful information in this area of death, dying, and grief. I, I discovered one particular book, such as The Wild Edge of Sorrow by Francis Weller. This book talks of many ways that grief shows up in our lives, such as when we lose those that we love, or how about when we grieve over the parts of us that never knew love, or when we experience the climate destruction all around us, we grieve. Simply put, grief is everywhere and it is here to stay. As a result of reading this book, I decided that it would be my manual for being in right relations with grief. And so today, I'm going to share some thoughts, insights, and experiences with you about things to keep in mind while maintaining a right relation with grief. So now, some of you might ask, what does being in right relations with grief even mean? Simply put, that I am willing to be open and accepting and vulnerable to working through the vast emotions and experiences that come with loss. I'm willing to face it. It also means that I've decided that I will not suppress, ignore, or deny death and grief and what it has to teach me about cherishing life that remains behind and with me. And so now, I'd like to continue to mention some examples of what it's like to be in right relation with grief and what it looks like in this community. One of the first things to consider as you build or maintain your relations with grief, it's important that you honor and allow your emotions to be present. It means giving yourself permission to feel the full range of the emotions that come with loss. This includes sadness, anger, guilt, rage, confusion, wailing, depression, etc. This morning, during the first reading, Serena spoke so well of the words of the Irish poet and philosopher John O'Donohue, who suggests, when we approach grief with reverence, great things decide to approach us. To me, I took this as to be open and understanding and patient with ourselves as we navigate through the complex emotions and challenges that come with grief. Sometimes I refer to grief as the mother of all emotions, meaning when we grieve, I don't know about you, we feel everything. Like I said, it is important to honor your emotions and that of others who are grieving. Another example for us to be in right relations with grief is to honor our need for connection with others in the community. I believe that we have an amazing loving community here. Being in community and connecting with others is an important part of doing our own grief work while at the same time holding space for others 
to do the same. I have found within the confinements of the UU ways that it is through the use of connecting in community, engaging in rituals and ceremonies and spiritual explorations and conversations that support one being in right relations with grief. The gift of being in community was on full display at the recent celebration of life for our beloved Sally Lieberman. We came together to greet and support one another as we grieve in our unique ways surrounded by so much love. Sally would have been over the moon in utter joy at the beautiful display of our collective love that we shared that day. That celebration of life was a beautiful example of us being in right relations with grief together. Another way of being in right relations with grief is to explore ways to find meaning and purpose in our loss. This may involve the honoring of the memory of the deceased through the acts of kindness, contributing to causes that were meaningful, meaningful to those that we've lost, or even seeking ways to bring positive changes in the world. Grief can be an opportunity for self-discovery and spiritual growth, as, we, as was the case for myself. For me, as noted in the top of the order of service, grief work is soul work. Grief work is soul work. It challenges us to come to terms with our emotions, fears, and beliefs, leading to an inner transformation and a deeper understanding of ourselves. Additionally, my relations with grief has helped me to have a greater appreciation for my life. I take nothing for granted. I have such a deep gratitude for the many relationships in my life. I am reminded daily to cherish the people I love and to tell them every chance I get that I love them. And so with each of you here today, I want to take this reminder and the chance to say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Being in right relations offers an invitation to embrace our vulnerability. In case you haven't picked up, I don't do vulnerability well, but I'm willing to try. Doing so, being vulnerable allows for authentic connection with others and a greater willingness to connect and share our feelings easily. Also, death and grief has taught me to adopt, adopt a healthy perspective on priorities. Being willing to confront death forces us to reevaluate our priorities, to focus on what matters most now. I'm also reminded that death and grief teaches us about the essence of life, its impermanence, its beauty its capacity for growth and renewal. They remind us to live with a greater awareness, authenticity, and love, making the most of our time here on this big, beautiful 
planet. By integrating the lessons of death and grief into our lives, we can strive to live more fully and meaningfully, honoring the precious gift of the life and connection we share. So, I would like to leave you with a bunch of questions to ponder as you cross the thresholds of these doors into the wider world. What did you discover today that would be helpful for you being in right relations with grief? What steps can you take to embrace the ebb and the flow of grief, understanding that it is a natural and non-linear process? In what ways can you channel your grief into positive action and creative outlets that allows you to honor and express your emotions? And finally, the last question, where in this community can you be in right relations with grief for yourself and for each other? Remember, grief is a deeply personal experience. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. Please, please, be patient with yourself. Be gentle with yourself as you navigate through the grieving process, and please seek out support when needed. Be well, be loved, and may you be in right relations with grief in the many days ahead. Amen. Oh,